We don't want to take on other people's money stuff. And that goes from clients, customers, social media audience to parents, friends and partners. Welcome to Real You, Real Money, the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach, and week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here. Let's do this thing. Today we're talking about the role of other people in our money making. For example, the way in which other people can negatively impact our beliefs in our beliefs about our money making abilities, but also about our businesses. So first of all, you can be massively impacted money beliefs and beliefs wise when it comes to and money stories wise when it comes to the family you grew up in. Some people will grow up not many people, I have to say, I mean, partly it's because of the work I do, but rarely do I meet someone who says, you know what, my experience of money growing up was super positive. One of the exercises we sometimes do in plenty is be like, what's your first money memory? And it's actually very often not a positive one. And so that the, the family you grew up in, obviously, the society influences that family, the culture that you were born into influences that family, there is a big element of it's not their fault either but it is their responsibility the way that stuff plays out and so there's that part of impact of community I'm not going to talk loads about that today what I'm going to talk more about is the people we surround ourselves with now so I have a controversial opinion that I've shared many times but it's not an opinion I love it's not one that gives me joy it's one I wish wasn't true but through the work I do and what I see every day, I do believe it's true that people who've traditionally been left out of money making, and that is a massive amount of people, by the way, it's women, it's people who have been socially conditioned as women, but don't identify as women now. It's people who weren't socially, well, it's people who don't fit into various norms, body-wise, relationships-wise, all of that stuff. It's people who are not white. It's just, there's a lot of people who have traditionally been left out of money-making. And it's my opinion that it is harder, and stay with me, it is harder for those people to make money. Now, when I say that, what I do not mean is that those people can never make money, nor do I mean that actually once they deal with certain things that it's harder. But there's a lot, there's a different obstacle course for those people and there's there's varying obstacle courses for those people. For a white middle class woman, it's going to look very different for somebody else whose journey is going to be, the obstacles in their path are going to be very, very different. I am not saying, and I'm going to say this again, that people who are not middle-class white men can't make money. I'm saying that access to the beliefs and the confidence and actually some of the information available to those people is less available. 
I do think, another element of this controversial opinion, that those people need more coaching and therapy and mentoring and support because they've been left out of conversations. If you think about the whole like thing, I don't know if even know, somebody will know more than me, but I know this happened in Victorian times and I think before it happens in Bridgerton, for example. You know, the men went off to have a, a brandy and a cigar and they talk money and business and the women went off to talk about planning parties and and they would sew and and there was just this very distinct and that's obviously in upper class societies but there was just this distinct thing between certain parts of money making and and genders to begin with people were excluded from that and and yes that's like hundreds of years ago but also it was only i think it's 19 I'm trying to remember it was the 70s i think when women were allowed their own bank accounts in 2020 in jersey in the channel islands the place i grew up in they changed the law so that when you talked about i think it was life insurance your husband or father did not need to be in the room with you because they couldn't and i don't know if they were adhering to that law strictly you know it might have just been something left over but still it was written into the law that that a man had to be with you whilst that conversation happened. So there's also, there's there's huge hangovers of that kind of culture still in existence. Many of us are the first generation where either like we are earning the money, neither of my grandmas earned money. Now I get that that's a class thing to a certain extent, although they were both, my grandma would not like to hear she was working class, but she was she was a farmer or her family were farmers, but neither of them earned wages. Now that won't be true for everybody's family, but certainly in the way that it's just expected and normal, we are in early stages of that. So my controversial opinion is that this stuff is indeed, you're not making it up, it is indeed harder for many people, not all, but for many people. And like I said, I don't think that makes the act of making money harder. I think, and some of you would have experienced this, what's amazing is often we are surprised by how easy the act of money making can be. But then what can happen is we get really jumbled up in our thoughts and feelings again. And it's the thoughts and feelings and beliefs and stories and cultural narratives and societal narratives that make this a much less clean cut experience for people traditionally left out of money making. It's that we tend to believe we are so far removed from it being easy or simple. And not only that, but we believe it has to be hard. That's part of how this works. The, the harder you're working, the more money you're making. And that doesn't always look like physical exertion. Sometimes it looks like mental gymnastics. But our brain's like, this is hard work. I think this is what's meant to happen. And when it becomes easy, like how many of you have an offer that, you have made more complicated because you've upped the price. So you're like, I'm really good at this one. I want to do more of this. I'm going to up the price of it. Oh, but is it now not worth that much? Because it doesn't feel like the same effort. Does that make sense? And so you make it more, I'll add this, I'll add that, I'll add that. And you make it more complicated because that settles your nervous system. It tells you, you're like, yes, okay, this feels better. Now I feel like I'm adding value. But you're actually just adding complexity in order to soothe that capitalist industrial revolution conditioning that says the harder you work, the more money you make. 
our brain goes, oh, it must be wrong. It's going to fall apart. It's too easy. And we try and add complexity because somehow I used to describe it as like, it's like friction that you can kind of grab onto. It kind of makes it feel less like, like, how can this just be sliding so easily like this? That feels wrong. And so we try and create like complexity or difficulty or drama or or whatever, doubt, so that it goes back to what feels safe because it shouldn't shouldn't be this easy. So I don't think making money is harder for people who've traditionally been left out of money making. Imagine the people not in the cigar room drinking the brandy, those people. I think the mental gymnastics that we have to do, the unraveling of the conditioning is broader and louder. It's very human of us and this is amplified by our individualistic society that we live in, to presume it's just us that's finding it harder. It's me. I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I no good at this? Oh my goodness. Everyone else seems to be figuring this out. And we often don't bring into account, and this is why the deconditioning work we do in Plenty is so powerful, we don't take into account the broader discussion. We make it about ourselves. We feel like we are the only ones struggling. We are the only ones who seem to push back things, not do things on time. We're the only ones who get stuck doubting and then don't know what to do next. We're the only ones who flip-flop on our pricing. We're the only ones who can't have the money discussion with our clients. We're the only ones who are scared to make more. We're the only ones just stuck not being able to up our prices. I really want you to know that you are not the only ones. You are not the only one. We talk a lot in plenty about those beliefs being Bambi beliefs, like they're baby beliefs. And you've spent 30, 40, 50, 60 years believing one way. And so the new way of thinking is going to be shaky at first. And we want to protect those beliefs, those new beliefs, fiercely. We don't want to take on other people's money stuff. And that goes from clients, customers, social media audience to parents, friends and partners. We've got to protect that stuff. So you are not the only one struggling. It's very human to believe that we are the centre of the world. You know, people go, like people talk a lot about that, like, oh, they just think they're the centre of the world. And I get that, like we need to be empathetic and thoughtful about other people. But also I do want to say you are the centre of your world. It makes sense and it's human to think that you are the centre of the universe because you literally are for yourself. I get really annoyed when people are like, hmm. So, well, it does make sense though. It makes sense why we feel that way. But... We also have to pull ourselves out of that and look around and be like, there's a lot more to this. There's a lot more going on than just my individualistic experience. We do tend to think that we are the centre of the world and that everything is just happening to us. And one of the beautiful things about going into a community that is supportive and open about money is you, it knocks that out of you. You instantly are like, whoa. I'm hearing these people talk. I'm hearing these people share. It's not just me. And some of you would have experienced that this week already, just being like, wait a minute, Ray just said something that feels like it's come straight out of my head. And people say that to me all the time. They'll message me and be like, oh my God, it's like you're living in my head. And I'm just like, well, I'm not living in your head. Your head is just less unique than you feel like it is. What you're feeling is not unique to you. It's the reason I talk about it is because I see it in clients all the time. 
that's how I know to talk about it so much is because I hear it from people so much. I see it within them so frequently. So communities are so powerful when it comes to money work. And I'm going to give you three reasons for that. First of all, the power of it's not just me, as I've just talked about. It's effective because we are made for connection. We are, you know, getting validation gets a really bad rap from people. They're like, oh, you know, you shouldn't want validation. You should just do it for yourself. Well, there's a there's an element of that that's true. Like it can go way too far the other way. But to beat ourselves up for wanting to see ourselves reflected in other people, for wanting to see our work enjoyed or what's the word? Even just being paid. Like people act like, oh, just, you know, I know you're not being paid yet, but it's coming and you just need to like go on as if you're everything's going brilliantly or in reality when you're not being paid for it when sales aren't happening it is going to have an effect and it's a lot to ask of a human being to say like just act like it's all going brilliantly when you're not getting that feedback wanting feedback is normal wanting validation is normal it's part of human connection and that's one of the reasons that doing money work in a community is really powerful because you're getting that feedback and that validation in that space. So number two is examples. This is probably one of the main ones. I do not believe we have any idea. I talk about this when I talk about delusion. I don't think we have any idea what people like you and I and people who identify in similar ways that you identify. I don't think we have any idea what those people are capable of because we haven't seen it yet. I was thinking as I was writing this, what a surprise it still is when a woman becomes a billionaire or when a woman, especially a self-made, like on the wealthy list, self-made. Most of the women on the wealthy list are people who inherited that money or they are people who got it in a divorce, which is so upsetting because that's how we feel it is, right? We feel like people are getting that money some way that is not available to us. We feel like they are just inheriting it. They're falling into it. It's just landing on their lap. And I'm not saying that some of those people haven't had to endure very difficult marriages and all of that stuff, but it's not the same position that most of us are in. It's not available to us in the same way. There are a number of self-made, genuinely self-made millionaires and billionaires now, like women, but it's rare. It's rare. And so... Being a being in a community and being able to see what's possible for people. One of the most powerful experiences I had in a community I was in as a member was there was I was in a mastermind and I really liked one of the people in there. I just really like I thought what she was doing was brilliant. I thought how she carried herself was brilliant. And she was making she sudden her income had shot up that year to about half a million, I think about 500 grand a year and that it really suddenly like skyrocketed and she was having a lot of wobbles about it and it was useful for me to just see her being like kind of grappling with that growth and then one day I was searching the Facebook group for you know when you're like looking for an answer to a question like has anyone asked about this and I came across a post of hers where she was saying word for word things I was saying in that moment 
basically things like, gosh, my business is so disorganized. I don't know how I've made any money. I don't know how I'm going to go forward with this. I'm really feeling overwhelmed. She was saying all the things that I was feeling in that moment. And it was like six months before her business had skyrocketed. And it was so useful, so helpful to see that she could feel the way I'd been feeling, like almost word for word in this post. And six months later, be in the position she was in and that she was still having wobbles around it and still making the money. There was no sense from being part of that community that I had to be perfect, even though that's what I was feeling in the moment, that I had to be perfect in order to make that amount of money. It was glorious for her to share what was messy for her in the background. It was so inspiring for me and it's never left me, that feeling of what is possible for me because of what I observed her going through. And I've seen that over and over and over and over, both in my own communities and communities that I'm in. So we see what's possible for us and we stretch that. One of the things we do quite frequently in Plenty is I'll be like, how much do you want to make? And we just share the numbers. And I always set the tone. I'm like, so your numbers are going to be wildly different and that's okay. And it's so useful for people to be like, whoa, people want to make that much. I hadn't really thought about that. Like, how are they doing? What's going on there? And then to hear, oh, I did it. I've made this much. This is what I did. All of those things. So number three, one of the reasons communities are so impactful is we share power. We share power in communities. We share information, we share mistakes and failures, we share wins, we share wobbles, just like I was talking about with that person in the community I was in. There is a real problem and it's an old, like historical problem that's really rooted in the way we perceive money and we perceive business. And that is that the person at the top holds the power. They hold it. They don't want to tell you about the mistakes they're making. They don't want to tell you about the bad months. They don't want you to know. It's just got to be this smooth situation. And there's nuance there. I don't want to make it your responsibility to look after me. If I'm having a big old wobble, I'm not going to give that to my community. I'm going to give that to my support networks. But what I will do is over time, and I actually did this on Monday in plenty, I will share where I've been. Once the, and I think it's Brené Brown that talks about sharing from the scar, sharing from the healed place, a healed place, not from the wound. And when we do that, we normalise things and we stop that frenetic feeling of perfection, of trying to be something that we just simply, not only are we not, it's not possible, like no one is making money through perfection. No one, no one is not making mistakes. No one is not just doing things in ways that don't work sometimes or often. They're just not telling you about it. They're just holding power that was never theirs to hold in the first place. And being in an honest community just breaks that apart. Particularly one like Plenty where we are like from the beginning, we're like, we're going to hold what's messy and we're going to hold what's exciting and we're going to celebrate with you and we're going to commiserate with you. We're going to hold, We I trust this space to hold all of that. Like you can come with your doubts. You can come with them. That's fine. But let, but also with the, with it in mind that like, then what are we going to do? How are we going to expand what's possible for us? 
we normalize that journey and that in itself is possible because so many people give up because they're like it hasn't happened soon enough i can't do it i'm not good at this compared to other people when we can use comparison in our favor when we're looking around and going this is not unusual and that's part of my job as a coach by the way is to just go that sounds very human and normal i say that i mean anyone from plenty will be like ray says that nearly every call so what we want to avoid is rolling over and submitting to narratives that are not ours. Oh, see, I can't do this because I'm too emotional. I can't do this because I don't have that energizer bunny energy. I can't do this because I'm not good enough at business. I'm not good with money. So this isn't possible for me. And instead, it's like, who am I? How do I make that work for myself? Making more money is vulnerable. It's so vulnerable and you do not need to hold that alone. You do not need to hold that alone. It, it Standing up and saying, I'm ready to make more money. Like how many of you go, oh. but when you go into a community and everyone's like, I'm here to make more money, completely different. It's also my job to be there holding that mirror back at you and being like, yeah, you are. And holding some of that vulnerability for you because I have no doubts I have no doubts that people just like you and you yourself can make so much more money than you've ever imagined. Judgments really keep us stuck in one place. We tell ourselves that we cannot be that because we're judging it. Like when you judge someone, you are judging yourself and you are shrinking the space for yourself. So where are you judging wealthy people? And I'd love for you to take in. So if you're a woman, if you identify as a woman, where am I judging wealthy women? If you're non-binary, like this can be trickier because you might just be like, I'm not judging wealthy non-binary people because I don't see them. I don't see them. So you can either just be like, where am I judging wealthy people? That might be good, like be useful for you. You can take your identity into it and that might be helpful. Or if you've been brought up and conditioned as a woman, it might be just helpful. Like, where am I judging wealthy women? Maybe that's still impactful for you. I will put that across over to you so you can decide what question feels the most pertinent where am I judging wealthy people and then I want you to have a second thought of how is that creating less space for me all right thanks everybody bye-bye <laughs>